Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. To the church in Philadelphia, right. To the church in Philadelphia, right. This was a word that was coming through the prophets to uh, the churches, the seven lampstands and to the pastors in that, that area and, and given a word for the end time and, and how they were to go about. And this church in Philadelphia, now it's not actually Philadelphia, it's actually a place in uh, Turkey. Um, but when you look at the word of God, you always can see that he speaks a specific word that's for every time and every space. Have you ever felt that? When you're reading the word, you flip through it and all of a sudden something jumps out of the page for you. And it's like, this was written thousands of years ago, but his word came through time and space to you, to encounter you, to change you. And so we read this and I have to think, man, this is a word for us as a church, a word for us as a city, word for us as a people, the people of God. And this isn't, isn't categorized as just one city or one state. I truly believe this is the word for the church this year. Um, this is a word that God is speaking over Christians in general, Christians, those who look like Christ. And I believe that this is a word that if we, if we get it and carry it and understand it and walk in it, we are going to see an unveil that is beyond whatever we've seen in the history of the church. Are you ready for it? Let's dive in, all right? So he says, these are the words of the one who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. Now you got to know who holds the key of David. The key of David was given, and we can actually look at it in um, Isaiah, because this kind of points to Isaiah chapter 22. So let's read that real quick, and then we'll kind of get some context for today. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 22 says, I will place on his shoulders the key of the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut. Again, what he shuts, no one can open. Now this is Isaiah the prophet, and he's talking about Jesus. And he was actually uh, parallel, paralleling it to uh, Eliakim, which was the key holder of the house of David. Now they built the house of David, right? This was uh, Solomon, and they built this place just for the Lord's presence to come and dwell, right? So this was a place of, of glory, this is a place of treasure. This is a place of just amazing wonder. But Eliakim held, held the key. And so he's, he's paralleling it to how Eliakim, when he opened the door, everybody was allowed in. But as soon as he closed it and he locked it, nobody could get in. And Isaiah was saying, this is what Jesus is going to do. When Jesus comes, he's going to open doors that no man can shut. And he's going to shut doors that no man can open. And he was talking about this key of David. This key that, when used, was actually using the same power and authority that rose Jesus from the dead, was binding things and loosening things just as it was in heaven. It's the key of David. It's a powerful, powerful tool. So when you understand that, you know that the authority that comes with this key is by far the, the biggest authority you can carry. The highest rank in all of the world is in this key this key of David. And he was talking to the church in Philadelphia saying, hey, listen, I understand. And there's a part where he says, I understand you have little strength. How many have ever felt in your season you have little strength? You're like, God help me because I don't know if I can make it through today. You know, I believe in you. You're a great God, but Lord, help me get out of bed. Right? I know you're going to do signs and wonders through me, but God, let me finish this Cheerios. 
You know, I just need to get through it. Help me, Lord. Help me not to kill my kids, you know. Lord, help me make it through this job without yelling at my boss. Come on, Lord. You know. You have little strength. But he said, you did not deny my name. Did not walk away from my word. And that's the, that's the key in this is that in this year, God has spoken a word over you and your season. He's titled you. He's titled this year. Our word for the year is um, uh, pursuit. Thanks, baby. I love you. I had a little brain fart, and that's where the, the other half comes in, you know, the better half. She's like, baby, I got you, pursuit. Thank you. Continue preaching. Our word is pursuit, and God has really spoken that over our family to pursue him, to pursue his presence, to go after everything this year. And so we are on a rampage. We are ready to go. We are idled in. We are focused and determined. We are ready to go. God has spoken a word over your family, over you and your job and your school and where you're going. And the beauty is that it has nothing to do with your current circumstance. Let me say that again. It has nothing to do with your current state. That's a good place for a hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I don't know if you're like me, but you might be in a space where God speaks something over you and it doesn't match your current circumstance. You feel like you're hitting walls. You're up against an obstacle. Uh, I remember we were doing um, an event and uh, I was the videographer, so I'm catching all the event, catching all the space. And they had like a backstage area that I wanted in. Now, I don't come to a job and I'm like, okay, if I can't get in, it's no big deal. I'll just get a shot from here. No, I'm like, I want in. I want to I wanna smell the, the action, right? I want to feel the sweat. Like, I just want to be in the middle of it because I want that shot. When you see it, to be like, how the jazz did he get that? Okay. So I'm like dying. I'm like, there's a backstage part. I go up to it. I'm like, hey, I'm the, I'm the videographer. I need to get some shots. He's like, I'm sorry. You need a backstage pass. Excuse me, power trip. I'll be right back with my VIP pass. So I walk away. I'm like, all right, I got to get a pass. I got to get back there. I cannot be shooting from the ground. I cannot be shooting from the stage. I was like dying. Have you ever been dying inside? I was dying inside. I was like, there's no way. I got to get in there. So I'm asking everybody, hey, can you get me a VIP pass? Can you get me? The lady that's running the the show, I'm like, hey, you got to get me a pass. You got to get me. I got to get back there. She's like, hold on. I'll work my magic out. We'll we'll make something happen. You got to get back there. So they give me a pass, right? They finally get it. I get it on. Oh, I'm so excited to walk up to that man again. I can't wait. I know it's bad. But I'm like, my shoulder's back. I'm like, oh, you just wait because here I come. And I, you know, I walk up with my badge and I kind of have it like flashing out there, you know? And I'm like, I'm ready to go backstage. He goes, oh, sir, right this way. And it's amazing what happened when I got that badge on me. Man, I walked in so good. I was like, yeah, backstage, let's go. You know, I got my shots. I got everything I needed because I had the authority to go in places that I couldn't before that authority. Uh, on your table, there's a, there's a bunch of keys. Would you grab one of those keys? Find one that you like. I know you got to find your, your style. You know, you got to find the one that fits you. Would you grab that key? Because I want to talk about the key of David, and I want to make sure you have one in your hand. It helps. I'm a visual learner, so I got to have something in, uh, for me to look at, right? You got your key? Got your key, got your key. Good. They're nice and little. 
This is strategic. This is where you can put it in your journal, put it in your Bible, remind yourself every time you open up that thing. Like, ooh, I got the key of David. Just hold your key real quick. Did you know, do you know what keys are for? Anybody want to try? Opening things that are locked. Opening doors that are locked. See, some of us, we, we handle our situation like, well, God, there's a barrier. God, there's a closed door that's locked. It's been locked before. And I, it's, a lot of people have tried to open it. They can't. And that's why this word is so big because it says, see, I have placed before you an open door that no man can shut. I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Now, we have to understand this because when you understand the power that you carry, you see, before I had my VIP badge on, I wasn't getting anywhere, right? Obviously. And Mr. Power Trip was making sure he kept that a thing, which praise God for him. He's protecting us. We think, we think, you know, we're thankful for him. But at the same time, I needed something to give me authority to walk in. Can I tell you that God has given you authority to come into your year, to come into your season with a badge that says, I'm here to release things that have been locked away. I'm here to unlock doors that have been locked. He doesn't give us keys so that we can go around and say, oh, all the doors are open. <laughs> why, why, I don't even need this. No, he said, I give you the keys of the kingdom because I understand there are going to be doors that have been locked that you need to open. And so I'm here today to kind of give you a word, to give something in your spirit to understand you have authority, you have power, and Jesus gave it to you. Now, we got to look at Matthew. Um, so I'm setting all this up, okay? So this is Matthew chapter 16. And we look at this conversation that Jesus is having with Peter. Now, Jesus is the holder of the keys of the kingdom, right? Or the keys of David. So he's the holder of this. But we look in Matthew chapter 16. This is like such a good conversation. We're getting in on their intimate space, their little powwow. And Jesus, it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, okay. Still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus turns the, the question into personal. And he says, what about you. But what about you? Not what do others say about my power? Not what do others, what, are, what is the talk on the street of Jesus and what he can do? Not have you heard other stories about what he's done and powerful and miracles and healing? No, no, no. He looks at me and says, what about you? What do you think? And I, I want to turn that question into something that we ask ourselves today. What do you, who do you think he is? Who do you think he is? Who is Jesus to you? And so he asked them this question, so what about you? Who do you say I am? And isn't that crazy? Because sometimes I feel like we do answer God with what we've heard others say, you know? And he's like, 
all right, you're ready to go into this season. And sometimes we answer back with, well, God, we've never seen this. Or, you know, nobody thinks that this is something. And someone told this about my word. And now I'm, you know, I'm a little hurt because my feelings got hurt because they said something about my word, you know. And it was sore 2020. And they said no more 2020. <laughs> you know, it's, God, you, could, you know, and we kind of have this like debate with God with what others have said. Or maybe you go back, and I don't know if, if you, you have this, but I, I, almost like 90% of human beings can go back to a time where someone spoke a negative word, a dead word over you, and that death has been, has been carried by you season to season to season to season to season. So as soon as God speaks something over 2020, your mind automatically goes back to 1995 when that teacher spoke over you that you were no good, you're a failure. You go back to that time that your dad abused you and said you're not going to amount to anything. You go back to that time that girlfriend broke your heart and, and you just felt like absolute zero and God is trying to call you into a year of 2020, but all you can think about is 1995. And Jesus says, no, 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 not what do they say, what do you think? Because you have to come to realization of what you know. Who do you think he is? Because this year isn't about everybody else. It's about you experiencing him. And then we're going to unveil it to everybody else. But first, it starts with you encountering God. So check this out. So Jesus replies, um, oh, so Simon, he speaks up. Simon is the bomb.com. If you ever read about the disciples, I love Peter because he's always in it. He's always like, Lord, what do you need us to do? We're going to get this, you know? And then when they come to get Jesus, he's like cutting people's ears off. I'm like, Peter, you the bomb. He's gangster. He was from Philly. So Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you, what? The keys of, the keys of the kingdom, the keys of David. Woo! He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he orders his disciples to not tell anyone that he was the Messiah because it was not yet time. Can I tell you that no one can unsay what God speaks? No one can undo what God does. But the revelation, the key the key comes with the revelation of who Jesus is. Your key comes from the intimacy of knowing Jesus personally. Peter, he was with Jesus. He spent a lot of time with him, a lot of time getting to know him, a lot of time diving into who he was. So when, when Jesus asked, who do you say I am? He knew right away. Yo, you're the Messiah. I know, I've been around you. I've seen you work. I've seen you move. I've seen how deep you love. I've seen the power at work in your life. So I know, without a shadow of a doubt, you're the son of God. You're the Messiah. And we have to get that revelation, but it only comes from an intimate relationship with Jesus. 
It only comes with, with sitting down with him and hearing his voice and knowing him and letting him encounter us and stepping out in that water and risking with Jesus by our side to see his power at work. In fact, Moses, when he was called, he said, but, 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 God, Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm a st- st- stutterer. I can't say my words right. And what if they, you know, what if it doesn't work? And, and, and God said, I'm going to reveal it to you. What's in your hand? Staff, he threw it down. It became a snake. A miracle took place in his midst. So much so that he gathered the faith to walk out what God had put in his heart. Can I tell you that we need an encounter with God that goes so deep that we have a revelation of who he is in our lives? That we understand Okay, no weapon formed against me shall prevail because I hold the keys of the kingdom. No door can be locked that I can't get through because I hold the keys of the kingdom. And this, this part in here where he says, you will bind things as they are bound in heaven, right? So the exact wording is whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever is loose on earth will be loose in heaven. This is preached a lot like when we bind, they're binding. When we lose, they're loosening. But actually, the, the, meaning, the, the, the meaning behind this scripture is actually that things are already bound and already loosed in heaven. So all we're doing is stepping in and proclaiming what's already reality in heaven. So when we loose things, it's already been done. Now it's just done. Now it's just coming down. Whenever we bind things saying, hey, enemy, enough today. I'm tired of the anxiety. I'm tired of the depression. I'm tired of that state of mind, that anger I have. I'm tired of it, so I bind you in the name of Jesus. Guess what? He's already defeated. <laughs> it's not like you're like, oh, devil, I'm going to fight you, you know? No, no, no. You're just saying, hey, devil, you're, you're not powerful today. I'm just proclaiming what Jesus already did. He already puts you down, and so I'm just proclaiming that you're already bound. So enough. That's enough. No devil, no not today. You're just stepping in the victory that God has already given us. And that's why I want you to get this because you hold the key of David. You hold the keys of the, he- of the kingdom. Because when Jesus gave it to Peter, he said, now I give this authority to you. That now whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is already loose in heaven. You're just partnering with my word. Um, we had a dog growing up. His name was Moses, very holy very holy. Moses got old and he got some cataracts on his eyes. And it was really sad. You know, he started not seeing. We started realizing this because he would like run into things. Not funny, I know, for all the dog lovers in the room. But he started running into things and it got really bad to where he couldn't see us. So if you had stepped within probably two feet of him and he didn't know you were coming, he would bite you. I mean, you would just go nuts. You go and just bite you. You're like, you're living like this around Moses. You know, you just don't know when he's going to like attack. It's like this attack dog. When people came into our house, we're like, careful, that dog. You have no idea. They're like, that little one? Because he's this little Bajan Maltese thing. You know, he's so tiny. But like he he had a bite, right? His bite was way worse than his bark. And so the only way that you could get close to Moses is if you called his name beforehand, before he even got close. Moses, Moses, and then you see his tail start wagging. Moses, Moses, here, I'm right here, I'm right here, and you have to get real close, and then as soon as you touched him, oh, then he would get into you because he could feel your presence, and he knew you were there, and all this stuff, and sometimes I feel like we treat God like that. It's like we don't trust him enough to let him close, and so we're like, you know, if we feel anything in the midst, we bite at everything, but I don't know what it would take for us, for you, 
to put down the guard, to let him call you by name, to let him bring you in, to give him another shot. Because I don't know what, what other voice spoke over you in your season and maybe hurts you, scarred you, to where God looks like this angry father. But can I tell you that he wants to call you by name? He just want to cast out a net and hopefully he gets you. He literally spoke to you directly. That's why you're here. Because God has you by name. But it's when we get in his presence and we get close to him that we start to realize who he is, the powerful, mighty God. And we start to realize the authority he gave us to step in, to step in. I want to close with this story. It's in 2 Kings chapter 6. And it's verse 15 through 17, if you're taking notes. It says, early in the morning, a servant of the holy man got up and went out. Now, this is Elisha and his servant. And they had gone out and the, the enemy had come to surround them. It says, surprise, horses and chariots surrounding the city. The young man exclaimed, the servant went to Elisha and said, oh, master, what shall we do? They're everywhere. They're all around us. And Elisha replied, he said, don't worry about it. There are more on our side than are on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, oh God, open his eyes and let him see. Sometimes we can come into situations and see who's surrounding us and get caught up in it so much that we forget who's surrounding them. You know, we sing that song, uh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, right? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And it's really a, a picture of what happens in our life because sometimes we can, we can look and say, oh, we're surrounded by this situation. We got this circumstance at hand. There's so much going on. But Elisha prays a very specific prayer, and he says, God, open his eyes and let him see. And let him see. I think this is so crucial for us to step into our year so strategically because we're stepping in saying, God, open our eyes to see. And then he says, his servant's eyes were open and he saw a wonder. The whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. So what you have to understand is no matter what is surrounding you, there is a greater army surrounding them. That who is for you is greater than he that is in the world. That the word of God that he declared over you, the, the, the keys of the king that he placed on your shoulder to walk in with is greater than anything you will face. Can I help you that this is only January and there are gonna be many months where you come in and you're like, whoa, obstacle, Whoa, barrier. Whoa, I didn't see that coming. There are going to be times because life happens. Life takes place. It hits hard sometimes. There are valleys that, that, that you may feel sometimes like, oh my word, I don't know how I'm going to make it out. And that's, this year's a year of unveiled wonder, but there will be times where you hit a wall and say, I don't know how I'm going to get out. And that's why I'm so expecting of what God's going to do in your life as you plug in to a life-giving group. Because Elisha said, hey, buddy, don't worry about it. 
they're more with us than with them. Sometimes you need a voice of reason, a voice of truth to speak life into you. Say, hey, listen, don't give up. I know it's hard, but you gotta keep going because God is for you. He's not against you. God has given you everything you need to be successful. He doesn't give you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power. Sometimes you need that call. Sometimes you need that voice. Sometimes you need to be sitting in a circle and everybody's talking about their issues, but how great God has been. You need to realize, I'm not in this alone. I may be surrounded by things in life, but I'm surrounded by a great multitude of witnesses. I'm surrounded by heaven's army. And every time I pray, every time I declare things in the name of Jesus, I don't just flap my gums. This is something that I do with the backing of heaven behind me. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.